We are joined here right now in the Mobile Bit Cave with uh, Sarah mm -hmm. from Cub. Uh, I can't even Cub, do it today. Cub Cosplay. <laughs> Cub Cosplay Denver. Yeah, that's the big yeah. Denver. Okay. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about Club Cosplay. Um, so uh, I'm originally from Southern California. I actually used to work at uh, the very first haunted house in America. I did Disneyland Resort. So very in the nerd community out there. Moved out here. Club Cosplay originally started in California, and when we came out to Denver, we just noticed that there were so many amazing cosplayers, such an amazing convention life, but not a lot of afterlife. And that's something that is really huge in California, and we just could feel the need for people to want to keep going on during conventions. So we went ahead and we decided to bring Club Cosplay over out here. Um, I'm actually the owner of NPC, Nerd Pop Culture Entertainment, because we do other events besides Club Cosplay. That's our big that's our big one. And uh, it's been an absolute blast. And actually, we are the only Club Cosplay now. The one in California ended up, uh, decided that it was no longer time to go on. Uh, but we're still really good friends with everybody out there. And uh, it's a really good thing. It's basically everything that you love about a club without everything you hate about a club. So the big... I hate everything about a club. Yes. Well, you'll like ours. <laughs> the big things that set us apart is, um, number one, we have NerdSafe. Um, actually, uh, it's a big deal for me, especially as a woman who owns this company. Uh, we hire our own, I guess you could say they're a private security in a way, but they're not really security. They're our, our members. And what they do is they go around the event and they look for maybe the guy who isn't doing anything illegal, but he, maybe he's getting a little too creepy and we can read the body language off a woman. Uh, we actually regulate all of our photography. All photographers have to sign a waiver because we are a club environment. So we make sure that we can follow every single picture. And if you are not clear to take pictures, you cannot take them. Uh, and the other big thing is too, um, we look for maybe even a guy who maybe is a little too crowded or he's feeling a little overwhelmed and we'll step in. We always have quiet spaces in our club. So if it gets a little too much. So we're very um, about being aware of people's needs and trying to accommodate as best we can um, and it's not a club scene that you would imagine in like like by beta or somewhere in downtown colorado lla we're like you guys seen i love lucy oh yeah yeah obviously right remember how ricky worked in the nightclub but he was like a live performer singer that's what we are we have a band we have a singer we have djs so it is a very classic club format with the new club setting and cosplay is not mandatory and we're just looking for people we're all inclusive we are judgment free we're body positive and our uh, content never goes over PG-13 so it's a very everybody is here and we are all family and let's have fun well I think it's not only um, number one love your dedication to <laughs> safety oh. seriously because that's got to be important it's especially as a Myself, who was, I've been cosplaying since I was 18, so to me, it's, it's really close to my heart. Let me ask you, you said cosplay is not mandatory. Mm -hmm. Does that make it picking the perverts out of the crowd a pretty easy? <laughs> <laughs> 
no, it's sometimes it's, cosplay could be a little challenging for a lot of people, and sometimes you're just a nerd that wants to be around your friends. So it's this, it's not like that. But and we very rarely have issues. We we never uh, ease up on our security, and like sometimes too, um, our security isn't just for looking for red flags. Sometimes it's looking for people who just need help. Maybe you've had a little too many. Maybe you've lost your friend. Like we step in, we call you the cab, we make sure you're safe, we find your friends, and we have actually done that at several of our events. So it would, it's it's about just everybody feeling safe. So do you guys have a bar at these events, or how does it work? Uh, every event does have a bar, uh, obviously 21 and up, uh, but not all not all of our events are 21. It all depends on the venue and where we are. Um, we're usually, um, we tend to be after parties for conventions. We were just at Genghis Khan 40 up in Aurora. We were so too. So were we. Yeah, along it, yeah. And so you might, you may have interviewed, I think you interviewed Mia, who was one of our cosplay judges for that <laughs> night. Lorelai Cosplay. Mia St. Clair. Mm-hmm. She's a good friend of BitFaced. Um, we love Mia to death. Yep. She, uh, she first was one of our judges at Cosmic Con last year. And we loved her. And we had her come back. And so she was our uh, one of our cosplay. Because we always have a cosplay contest. And uh, when you enter our cosplay contest, you actually get to come to the entire night for free so it's really exciting we always have tons of prizes a lot of great things and so yeah we uh so what if i know that my cosplay is horrible but i want to just get in for free i can still enter right yep we actually are probably the only event that doesn't have any cosplay regulations except for the basic uh you know u.s law (laughs) like cover up your naughty bits um we do that on purpose. It's actually, we've gotten a couple people who have questioned it. It's because I feel like when you have the rules about can't be commissioned, has to be homemade, has to be this, has to be X, Y, and Z, it becomes very intimidating. Yeah. And we are so passionate about all-inclusive, no matter what your level, whether you just started watching Marvel movies or you've been reading you know, a Dark Horse subsea collection since the very beginning. Everybody is welcome. So we put no rules on our cosplay contest except for the basics. Make sure you're covered in the right spots. Because I think at the end of the day, it makes everybody feel like they have a home. And that's why we have judges who are so skilled. Because it's their job to go ahead and sift through and see who really deserves the first, second, and third. But you are more than welcome to come show it off. Because if you're proud of it, then show it off. I like that a lot. And also makes sense that you do these after cons. Because a lot of times people are staying at the hotel. So what are you going to do when the con's over? Are you going to go sit in your room or are you going to go enjoy the rest of the evening? And I imagine there were gatherings before that, but for you to put such an organized spin on it, I'm sure it's got to be something that the community appreciates. I, I hope so. We've, we get a lot of regulars. Um, the biggest thing I always hear from newcomers is, I can't believe how much fun this is. Like they've heard about it. And I, I think our biggest hurdle is getting people to come because once they come and they realize is isn't a club per se we get so many great people uh we actually have a show coming up april 15th at the alchemy arts center over in denver and then our biggest one we do every year we do um do two really big ones we do denver comic-con every friday night that's a great one we're gonna be at the summit this year do another one in October. Uh, we're lining up a zombie crawl, and the reason why we do our, our Halloween show is we, like any business, we have a charity and a nonprofit that we partner with. Uh, I'm actually one of the representatives for them. It's called Don't Be a Monster, and they uh, are a nonprofit that goes around. Uh, I actually do it. We do assemblies from elementary to high school about anti-bullying, um, you know, uh, accepting, you know, uh, suicide prevention, everything that goes in that line. And I think that that really resonates with this audience because. 
because as I'm sure you guys know, we were the outcasts. We were bullied, and the find to find an organization that is trying to stop that, and it literally saves lives. It's really important to us. So every Halloween, we do a big annual fundraiser for them at our event. That's fantastic, and I talk to a lot of people at cons. Uh, we've only been doing this a short time, but one of the themes we have found is everyone likes to have fun, but everyone takes that fun and they turn it into helping somebody else out. So. Are us as geeks and, and lovers of this, are we just the best people in the world or what? <laughs> yes. I think that everybody's the best, but yeah, we, we might be a little above the par. Yeah. No, I think it's it's great that... Uh... <laughs> That's Elijah, if you can hear him. <laughs> how, do you, how did you get Eflijah, as we call him, because he's so fly? He earned that nickname last week at Genghis Khan, and it it is forever going to be his nickname. We (laughs) call him Eflijah now. Yeah, yeah, how do you know Elijah? Uh, It's so funny. Ready for this? We actually met one year ago today at Galaxy Fest. That's so crazy. Um, So when I came out here, um, so my partner, uh, Greg Shoup, he's not here right now. Uh, He actually used to run Anime Expo. You guys heard of that? Big one? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've never heard of it. never heard of it. It's it's not the biggest anime convention in North America, no. He's uh, (laughs) a... He was actually the deputy director of entertainment. I was his personal assistant. Uh, so uh, he ran all of that. So I have a huge con history in California. That's so when I came out here. So I actually started at NDK. Yeah. And then from NDK, I met some people. And I ended up uh, running the cosplay karaoke that was out for Galaxy Fest last year, 2016. And I had a booth that was literally two booths down from movie camp. And one day we ran into each other and we became best friends. <laughs> I love that. I- Elijah, or Eflijah, uh, was one of the first guests we ever had on BitFaced. Episode 16. He's fantastic. Yeah. And, he's, and we're, up to, we're almost up to 90 episodes now. So we have a very, uh, a very good history with Elijah. And we love what he does with, uh, we love what he does with Movie Camp. We have a really, um, it's actually so funny. So Elijah is, one of our, is our main host. Uh, and then Andy, who is one of the other owners of Movie Camp, is our stage manager, another really good friend of mine. And Zap, another one of Movie Camp's great big guys, is our lighting guy. And then Wheeler is like our unofficial like ant man who shows uh, he shows up in his like uh, furry costumes. Is one of our like hype men and our like weird uh, NPC and Movie Camp are beyond best friends, and we intermingle a lot. There's a weird point where we don't even know if we're one, two, or one company. Yeah. Now, when you say club cosplay the first thing that comes to my mind is mm, mm, mm. but then you said bant so tell me about this because i'm not into the club scene at all i'm not into techno but when you said band i was like oh wait wait a minute they have a band yes how's that work um so our band is the boogie knots i don't know if you've heard of them <laughs> it sounds exactly like who we would want to listen to though it does they are a uh star wars Originals slash cover band. Their two main singers are Twilix. They have a Rebel Alliance guy who is their guitarist and bassist. They're absolutely amazing. We bring them in for our really big shows because they are a big production. Um, and they do a lot of covers. So we really, the goal of Club Cosplay is to keep everything constantly moving. There's no dead space. And every new act brings something special to the table that maybe somebody needs to see to get more comfortable. So they uh, do a lot of like fun rock music, a lot of fun covers. They're all Star Wars. They do rock versions of famous Star Wars scores and they just do Star Wars scores in general. And they're all cosplayed out and they're absolutely fantastic. I assume of course there is the 
Moss Eisley, Cantina. Uh, their hor- their horn section, yes, absolutely is that. They're called the Fabulous Boogie Knots, and we absolutely love them. Yeah, we're gonna have to look that up. They're great. They're they're Denver local. All of, that's the thing too. Our show uh, is. I mean, we always have guests come in, but we are a Denver local Colorado team. And the uh, objective for us has always been to never have the same cast at all times. Our objective is to be a stepping stone. We want to be your beginnings. And then eventually one day you might become too famous for us. We might be able to afford you. And that's great. Because when you move on and we're going to have somebody new in our community come in. It's all about local community and like raising the awareness and just building up the Colorado cosplay family, if that makes any sense. No, it, it completely <laughs> makes sense. And then um, if someone went to a con here, can they expect club cosplay Saturday nights, I assume? Is that when it happens? Yeah, we always announce it. We do one show every couple of months. We always take winter off because it's Colorado. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we have our April 15th show. Well, this is one is not connected to a convention, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a great venue, free parking. It's going to be really cool. And then our next one after that will be our Denver Comic Con show. And then our next one after that will be our, our fundraiser one, which is during Zombie Crawl, and it's all Halloween themed. So uh, we we try to connect with the convention. Even if we're not an official party, we always try to connect with as much as we can because we really just want to be a space for someone to go to where they know they can have fun and still feel safe. How long do these events normally go to? I mean, is it, is it one of those until dot, dot, dot? Or? We can do dot, 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 I wish. Uh, 2 a.m. is usually the latest. 2 a.m.? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But cons normally normally break up about 8, so that's a lot oh, of time yeah. to party. Mm-hmm. And we always start off, we have uh, we always have three DJs, and we have our band, and we always have a live singer as well. And on top of our live singer, we have an opener, who is a different live singer. Now, that's is amazing. This <laughs> opener always on top of the live singer? <laughs> Womp womp. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Sarah, because I was about to do the same thing. No, I know. I just needed. I need to throw no. out some bad jokes occasionally. We had, it was no. We have a really good time. Yeah. <laughs> so today you were dressed um, as is it an Orion girl? An Orion. So yeah. not an Orion slave I'm an girl. Ar- I'm an Orion Star Trek cadet. And it's it's wonderful. Tell me a little bit since I have you sitting here, and I am a big Trekkie about your history with Star Trek. How did you get into it? Where did oh it start? Uh, like, I think anybody, my parents. Me too. Okay. Um, my favorite uh, series is actually Deep Space Nine, and my favorite uh, character is Jadzia Dax. I plan on doing her wedding cosplay to Worf at some point during this year. I'm like a real Trekkie. Like, I feel like when people see me, they don't believe me. I don't know if it's because I have boobs. I don't know what. I'm a hardcore Trekkie. <laughs> Where do you think that comes from? Because we have a lot of female gamers. We have a lot of female cosplayers. We have a lot of females on the cast in general. And every single one of them tells us they are never taken seriously. Uh, it's actually really weird because I feel like that was my life before like even the X-Men movies came out back when 20th Century Fox did them because I think people just like, oh, whatever, her boyfriend. Oh, maybe somebody, whatever. And then, then it became popular being a nerd. And so then you got a lot of people, and like, like I said, we're all about accepting everybody, but then there was the girls like, oh yeah, I saw the Batman movie, I love Batman. And so I think that I went from being you don't know to you think you know. And it's that weird like, no, I really know, I swear, like I love it, yeah, so huge. So I had to be an Orion girl, my red suit. I might not make it out because I'm wearing a red suit, but fingers crossed. <laughs> I, th- I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna make it out yeah. today. Uh-huh. Now, do you? And, and we talked about this on an episode a couple weeks ago. So I'm gonna ask you okay. this question: Do you think that even if someone doesn't have the cred, 
we should still be accepting or the fact that we grew up picked on and bullied because of this stuff, are we allowed to be a little bit critical? This hits me so hard because I know I'm how to ask the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Especially as a girl who was not just picked on by like the popular girls, but was picked on by the guys in the comic book shop. Like, cause my dad owned, actually owned a shop, so I was very in the world. I'm going to say that we need to be accepting, uh, but we also need to be willing to be teachers in a sense of people are going to get things wrong. People are going to not know. And who are we to judge fandoms? And I say it like this because you asked me, give me uh, you know, a question about Voyager, episode six, you know, subreddit 12, something like that. I will get on it. You ask me an anime question. If it does not revolve around the world of Miyazaki, I'm going to stare at you like a potato. I don't know what's going on. Uh, you ask me a DC question, I am so ready. You ask me a weird subreddit Marvel question. So it, the fact that there's just too much, there's too much in our world alone, to be able to judge somebody for not knowing enough when even we don't, I personally don't think that's fair. And you know what? We're better than that. We... We are community. We are supposed to be the outcasts. And for the first time ever, the outcasts are becoming the everybody. And instead of judging them and trying to maybe get some weird revenge off of our high school life, I think that we can just make the world a better place. And I know that makes it such a bigger scheme of things and compared to what's really going on right now. But I think with what a lot is going on right now, especially in America, why not? Why not just be one big community? You know what? Maybe your big thing is just, I love Robert Downey Jr. And I love Robert Downey Jr. Iron Man. You know what? I, as long You want to be here because you love Robert Downey Jr.? Go for it. Because I don't want you to ever feel like the way I felt. I think that's, that's pretty key. Plus, as you've said before, even within our fandoms, there's such expansive universes. Like yeah. DC has how many Earths? <laughs> <laughs> How, how is someone going to be expected to know, especially like myself, I'm a huge fan of all types of anime, all types of comic books, um, Dark Horse, DC, Marvel. Eric will claim himself just a Marvel guy, and he knows way more than I do about Marvel, for sure. How are you going to try to separate who knows a little bit and who knows you know, everything about just a small niche? Yeah. This is for both of you guys before we jump on another tangent here. Did you see the announcement today that Miyazaki is coming out of retirement? I Again. did. I actually posted on the Cup Class of Denver page. <laughs> you, you were ahead of it this morning. That's yeah. the first thing I saw when I, when I woke up this morning. Yeah. And I don't get into anime, but those are some beautiful movies. He, I actually got to see him, his last concert. I go to uh, SDCC, San Diego Comic-Con, every year. I'm very blessed. I have a very smart friend who actually presents there every year. She's amazing. And I go every year for free. <laughs> Ooh, I know, don't hate me. No hate at all, no. just just pure jealousy. <laughs> she's great. No, she's amazing. And and I go and I got to see him four years ago. And he is just a genius. Like seeing him live and communicate and I got to see the previous Raponio when it was brand new, but before it ever came out. And like you when you hear about big celebrities, and you see some here obviously at Galaxy Fest, and then when you see someone like him, the aura is like you can feel the epicness. Like he is another, and he and like he's on another level. I'll tell you what. Sounds like you're a huge fan, but you don't like anime outside of his work. Are you kind of like I am? I don't, I don't not like anime as much as I don't get it, and sometimes I'm a big <laughs> fan. Like I like some stuff. I love like Sailor Moon. <laughs> anime has this tendency to be batshit crazy. 
and just take everything and blow it way out of proportion, be yeah. super extreme. Uh, which my, Miyazaki doesn't. He's very visual and storytelling. So there are a lot of Miyazaki movies. Yeah. Do you do you read that article? I know we're staying on the Miyazaki topic, but it's fine. I, <laughs> Miyazaki. They is read a, there was an article about a uh, student who was taking Japanese in college. And she found a bunch of translations on Amizaki uh, for Spirited Away, and Disney wouldn't translate them. And she ended up like having to go through her professor and a bunch of other stuff and like do research. And she found out that I don't want to I don't want to talk about it on the podcast, but like no, do it. some of the um, <laughs> so in when in Spirited Away when she walks in, there's a bunch of signs and it's like weird like laundry and like prostitution signs. She was like. Why was this translated? And you find out that Miyazaki was commenting about the uh, child prostitution in Japan, and how when she came to that that castle and that that, that place, it was about she was a servant and she was like, expected to do these things. Yeah. And it was this big social commentary on like freeing the children and how we can't pretend this doesn't exist anymore. And I was like, what? Like and like America was like, ooh, we don't we don't want to talk about that. Cut that out. Like they so they, they refused to translate it. And I was like. Like he's his stuff is like on another level. That's right? what it's all about. I mean, yeah. she has to sign away her name. Exactly. Yeah. For a, a you know a child prostitution, a slave name. She does. Yeah. And that's that's absolutely what it's all about. Yeah, and it's just great metaphors. It's very good. Yeah. So there's no club tonight, is there? No, there's not. I didn't think so because I you know she has me half tempted, and you can ask him. He will. I am I am antisocial as hell outside of of this. All right. You put this mic in front of me, and and I'm good to go. But I normally don't. I don't get real social, but it sounds no. like something I would really enjoy. Yeah, well, I'll hook you up after. I, it's you're <laughs> not the first person to tell me that. I actually uh, we're very um, present at our events. I mean, I'm I'm actually the entertainment director, so I am running the show the day of. My partner Greg is like in the pit like, "How are you? What's your name? What's going on?" Like we make an effort to go out there and communicate. And I can't tell you. I hear so many people like, just like you who are like, "Oh, I had to have a couple of drinks, but this is a lot of fun and this and that." And, like we're so all about that. And I just I like being that. Maybe it's the mom in me, but I love being like, "Come be yourself." This is judgment-free. We'll kick you out if you're a jerk. Let's go. <laughs> so would there be a problem if I just wanted to show up and drink some beers and not dance? And I just wanted to hang out. Nope. The only thing sometimes we always notice, if you're by yourself, we do jump in. But it's like, hey, what's going on? How you doing? But if you're just having a good time and talking, never going to stop that. Because we've caught a couple of people that were by themselves and they were nervous. And like, it doesn't fly here. Like, you don't get to be alone. You need to make sure that you know that you are welcomed at our You guys party. are going to make me make friends. This is... <laughs> we're, we are friendly. <laughs> That's not E's strong point. <laughs> no, it's... I, I, like meeting, I like meeting people sometimes, and I, I do like talking to people, but I would be the guy sitting alone at the bar, honestly drinking a beer, people watching, that would be completely content with doing that. And then what? We always check in, and that's our thing, because I, at, there are some people that are just like that, like... I like being by myself and I like being around, but I don't know, maybe we just love, I have, as I kind of talked about earlier, as a girl who was like a real nerd, like I remember like being like getting like the stink eye in comic book shops, uh, I feel like I was alone in the girl world and I was alone in the nerd world. And that might be my age, kind of, it's not like that anymore out here. And so for me personally, I am so like, you never need to feel alone. Because the world, we're all weird. Let your freak flag fly. Like, we're all weird together. So let's just be weird in one building for one night, carefree. And 
I've asked almost every single person that we've brought this topic up to, and I'm going to ask you because I've never been able to explain this. I know a lot of nerdy guys, and I have my whole life. Hell, I'm a nerdy guy. I see a nerdy guy every day when I when I look in the mirror. Why in the hell don't we want more girls? <laughs> I, I, I don't. I can never. I've never been able to explain it. No one has ever been able to articulate it for me. Why is dudes that are normally shy, that are in their own world, why don't we want girls hanging out at our at our things okay so weird so i actually had a conversation with this the other day please enlighten i me. had a friend who made a comment because remember pokemon go came out and it was like crazy i had a friend put up a post like where were all these girls liking pokemon when i was in high school like could have used you then and my comment back was we were right next to you don't you remember we were friend zoned <laughs> i remember me i was here hello <laughs> I was just really awkward and didn't know how to wear makeup yet. And so <laughs> I feel like it's kind of this thing where this, and this is anything, anime, comic books, animation, TV, whatever, this is your safe space. And it's, you'd say it's, it's precious to you and you don't want to take that away. And the idea that you naturally associate maybe a gender with not safe to come into your safe space, you have to kind of like logically figure out how can this person be in my safe space so I can still feel safe. And it's either I'm going to kind of judge you a little bit or expect more out of you, or I'm going to kind of blanket wash you with, oh, we're just one of the guys. And I think it's a defense mechanism because this is precious and it's precious for girls too. This is our space. It's, you know, it's, it's hard. I actually went through the Wendy's drive-thru before I got here and I had to explain to these guys like, oh uh, yeah, I'm at a convention and I, I dress up and I'm a grown adult. And uh, So I think I it's, like <laughs> it's really interesting to see because we, we have this nerd community and we have a lot of people who are very negative in this nerd community, especially to a certain subset of people. And the most interesting thing to me is we don't really see a lot of that at conventions. Is it because everyone who goes to a convention is really more accepting or... Or do we just get a certain type of the, the nerds who, who want to come out and hang out with other nerds? What is it? I think it's a little bit... I actually think, I think it's cosplay. I think cosplay has brought a sexy element. I think it's brought a um, creative element. And I think it's brought a... Um, when you cosplay, you're really putting yourself out there. And it's creating a bolder nerd. And because it's becoming more popular nerds are getting bolder and I really think that's a big contributor to a lot of it because it's you know, look, look around right now look, up, look at right here you it's know what I mean we've yeah. been watching it all day and we've yeah. been amazed that our little town of Colorado Springs here because this is where we're from mm-hmm. has so much I mean so much good culture here and people that have visited we talked to people that fly in from we talked to a lady from Boston last week that came out to Genghis and they're just amazed at how wonderful our the community, community yeah. is here yes, the cosplay community here is Fantastic. So you're dressed very sexy today. Is this not what you, I would, if I ran into you on the street, would I recognize you at all? No. Are you ready for this? So I'm <laughs> no. dressed with this right now. So at, uh, so at Genghis Khan 40, I was an 8-bit girl. So I was just wearing regular clothes with 8-bit makeup. But before that, I was at Cosmicon, and I was Gene Wilder from Young Frankenstein. Full, full crossplay. So, like, I, I'm very sexy right now, but I've been a dude twice. <laughs> it's shocking that we didn't see you at Cosmic Con because we literally sat one table next to Mia. Sinclair. I was actually with my husband. He was the uh, Frankenstein monster. Okay. And I was Gene Wilder. 
I'm a total, yeah, no. And it's funny, we talked about that. So when I met my, before I was married, obviously, when I met him, I was like, oh, I'm a nerd. I like nerd things. And like, he was like, yeah, sure. And then in his head, he even told me, he was like, in my head, I was like, she's seen an X-Men movie. Yeah, I get it. She likes. It's adorable. She, you know, you get it, whatever. And then like he came, and I had been going to Comic-Con since 2018. No, no, 18. Since I was 18. And he came to my apartment for the very first time and he walked in and I saw his face go from like <laughs> to like whitewash dropped I had a uh, I have the um, I have the Hasbro exclusive Sentinel I have or Mattel it's Mattel I have the ha- Mattel exclusive Sentinel I have the Mattel exclusive Galactus and I have the Helicarrier I've also collected a couple other things I have a figurine that I got directly from Matt Groening like I'm a har- I'm a toy collector and I like saw him like walk in and be like Oh, oh my God! She wasn't. Uh, uh, uh. And so, like, it's that same thing where, like, they, they, yeah, I feel like you have to prove your nerdum. But I am all about uh, cosplaying. I, I have a child, and she cosplays with us all the time. Is too. she here today? No, I regretted immediately when I got here. I saw everybody. She's so great. Tyler is a Tyler's a dad himself, and we love taking Titus to conventions that's, to that's see. That's my name. Titus, thank you. Her, my, my daughter's name is Ariel. Yeah, uh-huh. we did a WonderCon. And uh, I was Gamora, and my husband was Groot. He was like on platforms. I made him a full. I, I fabricate my whole family's costumes, so I, I made this. So I did all of his costumes, and then she was uh, Rocket because she was only 15 months, so she was still really little. And people actually thought she was a stuffed animal, and then she would move because she actually <laughs> wore the. I've trained my daughter from day one. I've trained her, so she does full cosplays. Like she can wear makeup, everything. Like yeah. That's cool. I, I, the only time that I've gotten Titus to dress up was Denver Comic Con last year, and we did. Uh, I was I was Ralph, and uh, he was Fix It Felix Jr. That's cute. I want to do that one next. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I think it's good too to bring kids into a community like this at a young age. I even told Tyler when we were at DCC. I said, "Look, if Titus ran away, there's a hundred thousand people here that would bring him back to mm-hmm. us, that would make sure that he had." A hum- like make sure yeah. he got back to where he needed to be that w- I don't ever feel unsafe at these things Absolutely. there was that big thing a couple of years ago where there was a picture of a little boy he had lost his dad and he got scared and then he saw Wonder Woman and Flash and went up to him and he was like and you were like oh my god my heart <laughs> so I have to ask because you brought up Young Frankenstein Yes. that is a movie that not many people throw out anymore <laughs> and it's one that I consider a true bar of your appreciation for comedy. Does that come from your folks as well? Where did, I mean, I bet Tyler has, have you seen Young Frankenstein? So I have because I watched it with my father. But again, that's one of those things that it's been quite some time since I've seen it. No, I, Do you know who Matt Groening is? I met him. Ready for this? Tell I me met, about that. I, Tell me about that because I know I who met, Matt Groening is. I talked is. to him twice. <laughs> but I met, so the first time I ever met Matt Groening, okay, so during, I go to San Diego Comic Con a lot, so I'm going to keep bringing that up because that's where a lot of the celebrities show up. We're just going to be like, I'm, hey. a real, I'm a really interesting person. Here we go. So, <laughs> right. so I actually you. performed uh, improv in Hollywood for years. And I just saw firsthand what you talked about before we turned the mics on today. I'm sorry, I had to bring that up. That old guy, like, mm. oh, he would not <laughs> stop, man. I was like, okay, dude. After two seconds, it's pervy. <laughs> uh, so, um, and Phil Lamar, who was the voice of Hermes from Futurama, uh, actually used to uh, do improv with a couple of my old performers and coaches. So I went one year. It was my first year. It was the best year I ever had at San Diego Comic Con. I went there and. Uh, it was during the writer's strike for Futurama. So this is the first time I met Matt Mike Raining. 
I went to the Futurama panel, and it was all the writers and Matt Groening, all just like the creative team, because it was a strike, so the actors weren't there. And during the panel, I got to talk to them, and they were giving out prizes. And so Matt Groening gave me literally like. He's passing it to me. I got a Fry action figure. I still have it on my wall. I love it. It was amazing. And then that same weekend, I was like, I'm a huge Futurama fan. So I went and paid to get Billy West's autograph on a poster. And then back in the day at Comic-Con, this is like years ago, the cover of like the pamphlet, like the um, schedule, back in the day, the rule was actors had to sign that for free. They don't do that anymore. So I got the entire cast to sign all of it and I actually Phil Lamar was the last guy at the table and I brought up my improv troupe we had all the same friends and we ended up having this like crazy conversation about performing in Hollywood and being in Futurama and a voice actor until I was ushered away because I was holding up the line and the second time around I was at the Marriott which is connected to the convention center and uh, Matt Groening was buying Tums and I saw him and I was like Matt Groening can I have a picture with you I'm sorry to bother you and he was like yeah, whatever. Oh, I'm a Matt Groening voice. And I got a picture with him. And it was like the best moment ever. And I was like, I love you. It's so Simpsons Futurama. Yeah. Yeah, so my love for Matt comes from The Simpsons. Yeah, I love uh, Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge Simpsons. I love as Futurama well. as well. As well, yeah. But it's so cool that you got to meet him. Isn't it wonderful when someone you've respected for so long is so nice in person? It is. It's so exciting. It's so great. Uh, before we kind of wrap today, um, anything you want to plug? I know we've mentioned the club cosplay dates, mm-hmm. but your own cosplay page, anything. Tyler will put it up. Please talk to us. I don't even have a us. cosplay page. I'm awful. And I cosplay. I have new. Co- I have like 18 cosplays every It's cause, So I'm Cosplay Mama. You can, uh, and that's on Instagram, at cosplay underscore mama. I'm also, if you find me on Facebook, I'm Sarah Cosmama. I actually don't have a cosplay page. I have a cosplay profile. Okay. Because I like to be more personal, and I really I share all my cosplay stuff on there. But I really like to be more accessible than like a fan page. I, that's just who I am, and I, I, it comes from the all inclusiveness. I want to be your friend. If you need to talk to me, I'm here. Uh, uh, we have our show April fifteenth at the Alchemy Arts uh, Performing Arts Center in Denver. Um, you can go out on clubcosplaydenver.com. We also have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram. We have a Twitter, and then. Uh, we also have an event called Nerd Karaoke. You can look it up on Facebook and like it. It's a smaller event, but it's karaoke. We have a cosplay contest. We have lots of fun prizes, a good time. And I'm personally working <laughs> on a new event for parents. Hi, I'm a parent. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm working on a nerd party event that is for parents and their children. And I'm really excited about that. We definitely, when you uh, when that gets finalized, we would love to talk about it. Even if it's not with you, we'd love to promote it on no, the cast. No, I would love to, too. I have a lot of fun. And you're not too far away from us. In fact, our third host that isn't sitting with us today not only is a big cosplayer, but also lives in the Denver area. And yeah. we rotate between uh, We're our out studio here all here. the time, too. Oh, yeah. you're, you're down here, too. Yeah, because yeah, Elijah's based out of here, Elijah, obviously. yeah, exactly. Elijah. <laughs> We're going to make that stick. Dude, we are. I'll, it's done. I'll make it happen. Yeah, make sure you call him Elijah because we that's We call him what, Elijah uh, Springs, but we can start calling him Elijah. Eflija Springs, Eflija Springs Eternal. Yeah, I've known him since like high school. So what? Yeah. great. No, we're we have some. I can't talk about it yet. Uh, I feel like every time I do an interview, there's like six things that I can't talk about yet. So it's very like. But that's uh, good. That means you have a lot going on. You we can't have, talk about it. We have something very cool that's going to be happening out of state 
in a couple months that I'm hoping we talk about it later, but some big stuff. So we're really excited. Well, definitely. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we're easy to get a hold of, but grab a card today. If you ever want to come back on the cast, whether we, oh, you got one. Okay, I awesome. Love to. I love this. Yeah. If you ever want to come back on, yeah. not only, I mean, we'll do a full hour. We can get more into, we did an episode about bullying two weeks back. I oh, think you would have been I, a wonderful guest for you, that. If you talk about anything, I was actually supposed to start a uh, podcast with somebody and she had some stuff come up and like, I go on for hours. Like I, I'm like the nerd nerd where you like, I don't just talk about like nerdy stuff, but I have like bullet points of like, well, let me talk to you about the sub history of African Americans and the subculture of femi- along with the pop culture. I'm like that person where I go on for hours. <laughs> Minimally. We've, we've done one of these kind of sort of, but I am before the end of the year, I want to do a full Star Trek episode. We've, we, we, we kind of did. Let's we kind of did. Are you guys going to Starfest? Um, are we? I'm so That's bitter I'm not going. Sometime in April. I can't go. That's why I can't go because it's in April. They're having so many amazing... I'm a huge Little Mermaid fan. I forget his last name already, but uh, Renee, who was the voice of the chef from Little Mermaid and was Odo from Deep Space Nine, is going to be there, and I'm like crying tears, but I can't meet him. <laughs> Gosh, had I known, um, you're not going to believe this, but at my old GameStop in Gainesville, Georgia, the lady that voices Ariel was one of my customers. From the Jody Benson? Yeah. Heart attack. Heck. And I never, she never wanted to get into it with me. Not that I was, I was prodding her or anything, but everyone would be like, that's, that's Ariel. That's the little mermaid. My right daughter's there. name is Ariel. Just to give you guys kind of an idea. And I worked for Disneyland for seven, seven years. So it's pretty sweet. Oh my God. Jody, that's it. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, from Georgia. So it was, it, it's fantastic. She's fantastic. But no, She's I, amazing. if we do sit down and do a, a Star Trek episode, which we will this year, I would love to have you I on w- only to talk about Trek with me. I will come back. I, I know all the generations. I'm such a fan. It's obnoxious. And, and DS9 is your favorite, right? It is. I, yeah, then Voyager. It's hard because I, uh, I think that Voyager's got my favorite captain. But DS9, I think it, and I, I'm going to get a little political, but how relevant is DS9 now? Can we talk about how relevant that is? It, there's a lot of things that are actually coming back. Um, one of oh, our first man. guests today, uh, Sexy Gandalf, brought Carl. up the point. Carl, Carl you Carl, know Carl. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Carl was awesome, by the way. Uh, but he brought up the point, how similar is J. Jonah Jameson to Donald Trump? And that blew my mind. I was like, yeah. think about it. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. He gets yeah. what he wants because he yells louder than everyone else in the room. That says a little bit about how our president got picked. I think DS9 sh- should come back up because it is so relevant to what's going on in the world. And it's insane. Like, yeah, absolutely. I read that DS9 and Voyager, they're not able to do Blu-rays because of how it was originally shot. That's why we've never seen... It's on Netflix. That's like your one saving grace. That's what you can you can always get. it, And it's been on Netflix forever, right? Yeah. I, oh, no. I rewatch all of them constantly. I've actually only seen a few episodes of DS9. Is that the series I should go back and revisit before I, we talk again? I think you should revisit it, especially because of what, what's going on in the world right now. There's going to be a lot of like hard hits. We're like, oh my god, this is so relevant. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Isn't Star Trek in general, though, hasn't Star Trek paved the way for not only the technology that we have, but I mean, just just think about it for a second. I, I mean... I could go on for hours about Star Trek. <laughs> well, maybe we'll save this for the, the Star Trek episode, but this was Sarah from Club Cosplay sitting down with us today on BitFace. Thank you so much thank, for, for joining us. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Anyone Elijah sends over to us, we, we always take our, our, our time and, and care with. That's what we like to do. Welcome to BitFace. Well, yeah, uh, I actually wanted to ask you guys, uh, is it because you bite people's faces? I, no? No one's ever asked us that before. No. No. Um, I like to be original. 
<laughs> you definitely succeeded. Uh, no, it's a, it's. A, I guess it's an obvious kind of to me takeoff of shit faced. Except, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. I actually like that. Except, no, I didn't. Except for that. gaming. No, so. I. I, I get the whole like eight bit. Yeah, I did get the whole shit face. I like that. I like yeah. that. That's good. That's good. You would notice in our new logo, I'm actually holding a little beer, an eight bit beer. So. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me now. <laughs> what brings you to Genghis Khan today? Uh, I'm one of the cosplay guests, so uh, I Fantastic. actually. Fantastic. Uh, I'm the owner and operator of Shinga Studios. I do professional prop making and special effects work and cosplay. Okay, and right now you're cloud? Yeah, I'm doing a casual cloud right now very with cool uh, just lots of makeup on because, you know, usually I look like uh, a hyperactive raptor on meth. It <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a very good analogy and a good way to put it. Thank you. Thank you. I used to write, so, yeah, don't anymore. So I just have to pull that from the deep, dark space that was once my heart. How does one get into making props? Where did that start for you? Well, let me dig da- back down into that deep, dark place. That I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you go there. I'm going to make you go no, there. Uh, so I like working with my hands. Uh, I actually didn't really have an artistic background back in school. Uh, I got a degree in sports management, actually. So I got pretty much a business degree. And from there, I just I like to cosplay. I entered competitions with friends. We won a lot of awards. And from there, I started making props, started selling them. Now I do... Lots of consultation work for companies, and I actually make my own props, sell them off online, and make lots of money from them. It's, it's nice to actually do something you like and make a living off of it. What's the most common prop that's requested from you? Uh, so right now I'm actually selling uh, the Hearts of Tafiti from Moana, and people keep asking for the necklace, but because Disney actually sells the necklace, I can't make a knockoff of it because, you know, they don't sell the actual heart, so it's a gray area right there. But uh, I just got done doing a mold, a matrix mold of a Buster Sword from uh, f- from Final Fantasy, actually the Crisis Core version. So it's like the uh, the finished version that Zach uses. Okay, that's awesome. How long does it take to make something like that? So the original prop actually took over a month to make, probably about a month and a half to make. Uh, everything completely done by hand. I used MDF board, three layers of MDF board, uh, PVC pipe, centrothermoplastic, and I did all the details. I sculpted them by hand, out of epoxy sculpt. Uh, and then all of the grooving in the hilt, I actually etched by hand as well. Uh, it came out absolutely beautiful, perfect. And so I got a friend of mine uh, who's a YouTuber, Gerard, uh, the completionist. He fully funded the project to make the mold for it. And the mold alone, it cost $2,500 to make because we decided to do a full matrix mold on it and that took five days with multiple prop makers working on that thing when you say a matrix mold explain that to someone like me who has no clue what you're talking about so regular molds what you usually do is you put the prop in you create one side and create the other so this time what you do is you put the prop in you create one side by uh by putting clay over it then you create the jacket so the hard shell of the mold flip it over put clay on it put the other side of the jacket down, open it back up, clean out one side, and then you inject the silicone into it. So you end up using less silicone, and it just, it's a lot more of a professional way to do it. Not many prop makers do it. And this uh, this was my first time doing a matrix mold, but it came out absolutely beautiful. And it's a six foot long matrix mold that weighs about 100 pounds. But I did my first cast last week from it, and it came out absolutely beautiful. I get a buster sword done in a day. Wow, really? Yep. What Now, $2,500 to make that mold. 
what do you sell one of the Buster Swords for? So if it was a one-off commission, most of the time with any type of one-off commission, I'd probably sell one for a good $1,500 plus because it's all handmade. But because I can make multiple of them make a profit off of it, I'm going to be selling kits, so just straight out of the mold for $500 piece, and then uh, $800 a piece for finished for, uh, copies. So That's actually really reasonable. Like if I were to want a very nice prop, I would... I would spend 800 bucks to have a finished one, I think. Yeah, yeah, and that's, uh, that's the consensus of the uh, prop-making community because a lot of the time with a prop-maker, you have to find that price point where individuals will pay for it because it's a handmade prop. There's so many companies out there that can mass-manufacture props and bring down the, uh, the cost, and so prop-makers can't keep up with that. So we have to find that point where people are willing to pay it, but it's still worth your time. Before we forget, if someone wanted to buy one of these, please tell our audience how they could do that. So you can actually find the shop uh, on Etsy. It's Shinka Studios Cosplay on Etsy. Uh, if you want to follow my work, you can find me, Carl Martin Cosplay, on Instagram, uh, C Martin Cosplay on Twitter, and uh, Shinka Studios on Facebook. Fantastic, because I know we have a, a lot of listeners, uh, especially now, that are into cosplay. So I want to be able to, you know, if they want to be able to get the best, I want them to know where to get it from. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Your cosplay, do you stick with Final Fantasy? It, if I saw you tomorrow, would you look completely different? I wouldn't be able to recognize you, Carl. Tell me about this. Uh, so most of the time, my more popular cosplays right now are my Final Fantasy cosplays. But I also go out of, uh, out of that a little bit. I also do Kingdom Hearts, of course. I, I've done... Terra, I've done Terra Nort, uh, and a couple others from that series, because uh, I like to do Keyblades as well. Keyblades are fun. I usually center a project around the actual prop. But I also have done uh, Daft Punk. I've done uh, the Interstellar. Uh, I love making monsters. So I've actually done uh, the Resident Evil monster from Resident Evil 4, uh, the Iron Maiden, the one with all the spikes and everything. That one's really nice. I've done the lying figure from Silent Hill, uh, but Doctor Who, I've done the silence, uh, and quite a few other ones. Like I love making monsters too, but that's pretty much I prosthetic work and anything like that always catches my attention. Did this all start with gaming for you? Oh, oh, hell yeah, hell yeah! It's man. a very common answer that we get on the podcast when we <laughs> talk to cosplayers is we ask where it all started from, and I'd say nine times out of ten, it starts from playing video games yeah. as a young kid. Well, yeah. I also do a lot of other things, not only video games, but I read comic books, I watch anime, like, I, I'm an everything nerd. I love all of it. I, I love all genres. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it makes you more well-rounded as a person. There's also nothing wrong with just loving comics or just loving video yeah. games. Yeah. I'm with you, though. I, I couldn't pick between video games and comic books. It's not, it's not fair. No, it's not. It's not. No. Uh, like, what's, what's one of your uh, favorite comic series? Oh, X-Men. Oh, man. No, X-Men's real good. Uh I love uh, Saga. Saga's real good. That's, I have that's heard good I one. need to read that. You need to. That one and then Invincible. Invincible is my favorite comic book. Tell me. A, I've never heard of it. It's actually done by Robert Kirkman, uh, the one that does uh, Walking The Walking Dead, Dead and stuff. Uh, it is. Honestly, I like it more than The Walking Dead. It's so good. Invincible is. Is it a superhero so book? It is. It is. Okay. Uh, but it's so gory. But in the best of ways. They're not afraid to move the storyline ahead by killing a character. Which I can appreciate. I can appreciate. Because so I got so tired of DC and uh, the Green Lantern, like the, uh, was it The Blackest Night? Yeah, that, that series. And then it came out with The Brightest Day and everybody was alive again. Woo! I really enjoyed 
both of those series, though, if you read them all from start to finish, there's there's some good stuff in there. I I read the uh, the Black Knight from start to finish, but as soon as the uh, Brightest Day started coming out, like I started to read that, and it just it killed it for me because I I was like, oh man, they're actually doing things with series, yeah, you know, they're moving along with storyline, they're not afraid to kill characters, and they came back and I was like, oh. They're alive. They're all alive. Woo! Yay! And then I stopped collecting that. And it's so unfortunate. I, I really liked it. Now, did Kirkman write this pre or post Walking Dead? I think he started it before The Walking Dead, actually. Uh, but yeah, that it's. I think he. One of his partners on that was like o- O'Reilly, or uh, I can't remember the name right now, but God, it's such a good comic book. It's such a good comic book. I love that so much. It's, uh, it's the kind of comic book where. By the uh, by, the time you put it down, you have to sit there for like five to ten minutes and just think about your life. That's that's a testament to any good piece of writing. When you say, as a former writer, oh yeah, if if you read something and it really makes you think and it really makes you contemplate things in <sighs> your own world, oh yeah, I think that's one of the greatest compliments you can give a piece of literature. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it's it's great writing. I love it so much. Where'd the gaming start for you? Tell me, like, what, what's the first time when you picked up a... Not the first time you picked up a controller to play, but what's the first game that really sucked you in? Uh, so it was actually when I was super young, when I can't really... Uh, I couldn't really play games that much. Uh, I didn't have the mental faculties to get through video games or even read that fast. I would get up in the morning. I lived in Germany at the time because I was part of a military family and we traveled a lot. Uh, we were both born in Germany. Aww. Military family, so... <laughs> yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. So you understand. Absolutely. Uh, so I'd go down to the basement in the morning and my sister would be playing... Uh, I think it was the SNES or something. Uh, but... Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger is my favorite game of all time because I, I got up in the morning going down there and just I'd watch her play and then I as I grew older I got it for the PlayStation, played it then too and then I got it for the DS and that's just the best. And then there's so many other games that, that I go back to even today. Uh, if you ever heard of like Azure Dreams and a couple other ones that those are my guilty pleasure games man. I love them so much. Chrono Trigger gets more love than any game does on our podcast, but no one ever gives love to Chrono Cross. Oh, I love Chrono Cross, too. I, I do, too. I thought it was very underrated, but you don't ever hear anybody talking about Chrono Cross. And then the series kind of stopped at that point. I don't think they're going to revisit it. I really hope they do. They were actually hinting at things last year at E3, possible Chrono Trigger, uh, just a new storyline. And I would die. I would cry, man. Like, that's the one series that, like, you know you have those certain series that if you see a preview from it, since shiver down your spine, you would hit the floor crying because you're so happy. That's one of them for me. Like, after this, you guys need to uh, interview my fiance who's at the booth with me because she, uh, uh, Chrono Cross, is one of her favorite games of all time. It's good to hear that because I think it uh, I think it flew under the radar and I think a lot of people look at Chrono Trigger as one of the, I mean, top five games of all time. I'd probably agree with you there. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's, it's a hard decision for me to make, but yeah, I mean... Chrono Trigger was the first game I think I played that had multiple endings. Yeah. Or at least, like, 15 of them. Yeah. Which was unheard of back in the SNES days. And then, so did Chrono Trigger take you to Final Fantasy? Uh, so it wasn't until, actually, uh, Final Fantasy IX that I got back into Final Fantasy series, so it took a while. But then I went back and played the other ones, and I really liked them. Honestly, Final Fantasy IX is my favorite. That's, that's my favorite one, followed closely by... Uh, 
like I like ten as well, and then number four is a great one. Nine as well. is the throwback one, right? Uh, nine is uh, like Zidane and uh, Garnet and a whole bunch of other ones. Nine's I, the one I haven't played. I, I really like that one because the main character is so unlike uh, Squall and Cloud. He's more of a kind of like a Zack character where he's happy and he's he, oh, it's so good, so. You're good. making me want to play it. That's PS2, right? Uh, no, that was that PS2. It was PS1, and you can get it on your PS4 now. Yeah. You can uh, buy it on the digital store. Definitely do it, because that was, that was one of the best ones as far as storyline. Like, the, the villain, Kuja, was awesome, too, and the, uh, the battle system was great, because you had transform and everything. That was spot on. Is it still turn-based, or did it go turn more base. towards... Okay, and turn that's what base. I like. Same, same. I do. Uh, did you guys get to play 15? Tyler has. I have not. I actually have not either. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So no spoilers, but I didn't like it. I what, didn't. What didn't like you it. like about it? Okay, so it felt like half a game. So they got halfway through it, through about chapter seven or eight, and then from then on, it felt like it was so rushed because it was so open world in the beginning up until that point, and then it was just like, by the way, when you go past this area, you can't go back. Pretty much. Uh, like, you have to get to a certain point in the game, and then you can come back. But it it gets so linear, and it destroys it, and the storyline gets so muddled. Like, it feels like they just they push it out just to push it out. And that I, was my beef with 10. You don't get to a point in 10 until way late in the game when you can even free roam and make your own choices. And I don't like that. Final Fantasy, to me should never be put inside a box. You should be able to roam the environment. You should be able to go to areas and get killed because you know you shouldn't be there yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want it opened up. And I didn't realize. I thought 15 was pretty open, but all the videos online are just four guys in a car. So I, I really haven't been able to. I've seen the combat, I guess, a little bit. Yeah. but yeah, The combat um, system is good. Like, it's it's good. It's it, very Kingdom Hearts, though, right? Yeah, it is. It is. But I, I don't really have too many complaints about that. I prefer turn-based battle systems. I do. But... As far as that goes, I battle system's good. It could, it could be better, but at least it's not a thirteen. Like, that's true. At least it's not a thirteen. <laughs> Have you played? Um, Do you play on PS4 at all? Or I guess it's yeah. on PC too. Yeah. Um, Darkest Dungeon. If you've never, I had never heard of it before. It is a turn-based RPG, but sanity comes in as one of the factors, so your characters can go crazy and start killing each other. Oh, wow. Highly recommend it to you. Okay, that was Darkest Dungeon? Darkest Dungeon. Oh, uh, it's on PS4 up. and PC, correct? It is yeah, on PS4 it's on, and PC. It's on both. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I look at Final Fantasy, I don't think there's a better Final Fantasy game than American 3. Uh, I guess it's Japanese 6. six. Yeah, no, 6 is pretty good. That's I actually good. haven't gotten to play 6. I haven't. It's uh, it's one of my friend's favorites, and I, I just haven't gotten to play it. I know that the characters are amazing, that and the, the battle system is supposed to be great, and then the villain is absolutely stupid crazy good, but I I need to go back and play it. I Arguably the best villain in a Final Fantasy title. No, I haven't played them all, and I am going to go pick up 9. Everything you've told me about it has made me believe I would enjoy it. Oh, yeah, you would. You would. 9 is, nine is great. Okay. What else are you playing right now? Uh, So... Another gu- uh, guilty pleasure game, uh, even though it's so abusive to me, is Destiny. I play Destiny. Still? Yeah, still. Okay. Still, unfortunately. I am uh, I collect in it, so I'm just... Thank you, Bungie, for all the abuse that you've shown me. I just keep coming back. I guess, I guess I'm their sub at this point. That's... <sighs> what do you think about 
Bungie originally saying, oh my gosh, this is going to be a character you build that takes you through 10 years to, nope, guess what? Destiny 2 comes out this year and you have to start over again. Uh, it really pisses me off at the same time. Okay. Uh, it. That's what I wanted to hear. Because yeah, I was it does. too. I was like, no, 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 no. This is not how you presented this originally. No, to especially the fans. with all the collecting and everything that I've done. I have my armor. Like, I have my trials gear. I have my my adept stuff. I've worked so hard for it, and you're just gonna shit in my mouth. Like, just pull your hands down and take a big dump in my mouth. But more than anything, just I see Destiny One as the beta. For Destiny, that's kind of how I felt too. I, I heard rumors that they're like the next game engine that they're actually coming out with. Like they'll be able to put things in a lot more easily, and they'll be more like Final Fantasy XIV, where they have an event like almost every two weeks or so. Well, I want it to support actual multiplayer outside of just the Citadel or whatever it is. Oh yeah, uh, what do you mean by that? In the in the sense like where I could run around and play with a hundred people yeah not and it's not just, just like a small sandbox of 16 guardians that yeah yeah that just show up in an instance right i think my problem with the game outside of the repetitiveness which was abysmal is it was first presented as something i thought was going to be similar to make world of warcraft a shooter yeah wow this is going to have a 10-year lifespan man we're going to be able to pick different characters and move around and when i got the game i was like well it's fun for about 10 hours and then you're grinding the same bosses over and over again to get a pair of gloves that you need to drop so you can get your light yep. level up. And, you know, but you've stuck with it, though. So what is it? Is it the, the shooting mechanics are great, but for you it sounds like it's the collecting? Uh, the collecting, and I get done with a day of, uh, like, 16 hours of prop work, and I go make a mixed drink and sit down and just bullshit with my friends. Like, I have my friends on there, we sit down, we play some Crucible, and I, I get smashed. That's... <laughs> it's it's a good game to not get mad at when you're drinking. <laughs> I uh, I'm impressed that you can play FPS drinking because that is the one genre that I do not touch after I've had a couple uh, a couple beverages. I can actually keep my KD up there as far can as Can you really? Yeah, I can. That's, I really that's an can. impressive <laughs> skill, man, because that shooters are the one thing that I avoid when I'm drinking. I'll play side scrollers, I'll play RPGs. Shooters take take coordination. Yeah, well, if you're do. not going to get mad. Oh, yeah, as long as you don't get mad. But I'll go into, like, big game modes and actually wipe the floor with people. I've just been playing for so long. Uh, have you guys ever played Final Fantasy XIV? So I've played a little bit of it. I think I got to maybe level 20 or something, and that's about it. Okay. And I really wanted to enjoy it. So my, my fiancé back there, she plays it regularly, and it is it is such a good MMO. It's actually... Debatably, the best Final Fantasy game in years. Like, better than all the rest. Even the storyline in it is amazing. Even if you go solo. Like, you can't actually go solo because you gotta do the raids and stuff. But the actual storyline in it, so good. So good. I, uh, that's the one that came out that originally was awful and that they completely redid from the ground yep, up, correct? They did a Realm Reborn. Yep. See, but that I have respect for that. When you can look at something you made and take the criticism and go, wow, we effed up here. Let's go ahead and go back and redo the entire thing. And they built it into the storyline. 
And that's what's so great about that is they could have just started over, but they decided to build the actual destruction of their world into the storyline and carry it over. I like that a lot. And I did try it a little bit, and I remember I remember liking it. I have a problem on console, though, getting partying up with people and stuff. Uh, it, I, I used to love doing it. I don't know what it is now. Now I'm like video game antisocial. And you do have I, to... I can feel you on that. Okay. That's, that's how yeah, I am. You, you do have to have a team to get through the game, correct? You're not getting far without a healer, right? Well, you can actually just queue up and end up in a, in a party. It, that's how it happens. But you can also just join a free company. There are plenty of free companies out there that are great people uh, that you make friends with, actually. My... Like I said, my fiance plays it regularly. She has two free companies she's part of, and we know quite a few of them in real life. Either prop making, movies, video games, what are you excited about this year? Because one thing we've talked about today is 2017, man. I mean, games and movies alone. Oh my God. I haven't seen a, a year like this in a while. Yeah, so I'm really excited for E3 this year because there's got to be some great things coming out of it, especially since they opened it back up to the public. Like, I can see them ramping up. I miss the old E3 where, where they used to have giant spectacles going on, like giant shows to wow people instead of like, so this year on the stocks, we have this going on. And it's a snooze fest. Whereas back in when Halo 3 was announced, dude walks out with a tattoo on his arm and they have a symphony going and fireworks and all this awesome shit. And you don't see that nowadays. I, I want that back. Sony, I went in uh, 98. Sony's was close, right? In 99. Yeah, Sony's, Sony had the orchestra this year, which was cool. Yeah. Microsoft moved their uh, presentation to Sunday. Really? They want their own day. Wow. Microsoft wants their own day this year. Just so I'm trying mean, to whip it out, Microsoft. My God. I tell you they what. Need to. Sony's oh, they been, do. <laughs> Sony's been beating them like a drum. Oh, yeah. And when you have a game like Nio coming out right before a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, mm -hmm. and those are both Sony exclusives, that says a lot for the direction the year is going. And I don't. I, Microsoft is coming out with some good stuff. I guess For Honor is a. Uh, is it both or is it just Xbox? For Honor, I think, is both. I've seen a lot of my friends, uh, some of the Game Grumps and things like that, playing that, and they it looked pretty good. I haven't even tried it out yet because Nio is so good. Okay. Uh, if you're not into Dark Souls-style games, you probably won't like it. But Nio, I mean, they took Dark Souls and mixed it with Ninja Gaiden. Man, man, I was about to talk about Ninja Gaiden. Don't even play me. I, I beat the old Xbox original one, like the super freaking hard one. Like Mad yeah. props. Yeah, I could never do that. I, I beat it. It. I'm the type of guy that whenever there's a boss, I don't care if I'm going to spend like a day or two on that boss. I will beat them. You need to try out. I think you would really like Nio. If, you, is, yeah, if you okay. like Ninja Gaiden, it's the same studio. But it's a Dark Souls-style game, so nice. it's very much Dark Souls. In fact, you would be hard-pressed to find differences between the two besides the combat. Yeah, well, I, I do think that they took a lot of their influence from Ninja Gaiden and, and threw it on a Souls-style game. See, but I'm okay with that, man. I'm like, way okay with that. The gameplay was amazing for that game. Like, it was, it was fucking hard, but, man, it was fun. Because you got done with that boss, and you just yeah stand up from your chair and just go take a like victory dump or something. Because it it felt so good after. Nothing better than a victory dump. And if you like <laughs> boss fights like that, yeah. I if number one, if you haven't played the Dark Souls series, please do. Number two, though, this is right up your alley. And okay. said it on the cast multiple times today, but people are already calling it Game of the Year in February. Nice. 
Nice. It's really that good. It's it's polished. It's uh, I mean the graphics. I don't graphics aren't everything, but they look good. It's um, I highly recommend you play it. Our streamer, uh, his name is Zach Toma. He streams for our podcast, and he's been playing a lot of it. So he's actually customized his outfit now to where he looks like Ryu from uh, from Ninja Gaiden. So he looks really cool while he's running around slaying stuff. And I think he has something like 600 deaths. And 226 of them were to that one boss we told you to skip. Really? Yep. Damn. I've got my friends that have my back that are like, dude, (laughs) unless you want to be throwing your controller today, go ahead and skip that level. And I was like, that's all you have to tell me. Next. (laughs) No, no, no. Go go at it. Come on now. I'm going to go back when my guy's more bumped up, but they both regret doing it when they did it. Oh, balls to the wall. Come on. You got this. It took me Says the guy that beat Ninja Gaiden. I couldn't do that. I, I mean, it just takes practice. And that one time, that one instance that the stars align, that's what you have to wait for, that one time. And then you're golden. You get it done, and you're like, man, don't have to do this ever again. <laughs> you're going to love Nio. Okay. Yeah. In, in, in fact, next con we, uh, we get to, to meet with you and talk, I, I, I expect we'll sit down and we'll, and we'll speak about it because, uh, trust me, you will, you'll love it. But what else are you excited about, uh, about this year? Uh, so I'm really excited for some of the uh, the Marvel movies coming out, like the previews for uh, for the Infinity War and shit. Oh my god! How good does Guardians look? Oh, don't even play me, man! Like Star Lord can get it any day. Like I I got a fiance and she uh, she hot, but Star Lord Star Lord can get it any day, man. Like I don't care. Put some honey on that. I'll look it up. <laughs> no. And I'm I'm hearing nothing but good buzz about Logan as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, I I don't trust 20th Century Fox with X Men anymore. So I really hope that Old Man Logan lives up to the comic book. I I think it's I think it's going to based on what I've read. I'm with you too, though. Uh, Fox though is never giving that property up. And that it sucks because uh, they that, will. They, Disney. I don't think they will. Disney's got the money. Yeah, I think Disney could actually fund it if they wanted it, and they could actually complete the Marvel Universe. Please, Disney, for the love of God, do it. I think they will. Because they can't even use the word mutant. Don't. Yeah. Ugh. I don't think Fox, I don't see Fox giving up that property. I, I could see them holding on to it until like their last breath until Disney buys them out. That's what's going to happen. I can possibly see them doing something like Sony and Disney did for Spider-Man where they share it. Yeah, see, I'd be okay with that. I'd be I'd be pretty okay with that because, honestly, whenever Disney acquired the entire Marvel licensing, I, I was so scared. I was so scared that they'd PG-13 it up and that was it. But they have done so well, and I'm so surprised. Their world building alone is what makes that series beautiful. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that they saved Star Wars, but good God, they, they at least improved it a little bit. Um, after the prequels, a lot of us Star Wars fans were like, well, we've got the first three movies that came out in, in, in the 70s and early 80s, and we'll stick with those. See, but, but you'll see people still complaining about the new one, which is weird to me, because I felt like it was actually good. and a pre- like, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I felt like it was a good standing point for just starting off on a new adventure. I completely agree. Now, Tyler will tell you he thinks they spent way too much time with the older characters. I think it was a very good passing of the baton. It was. It was. And the point that, spoiler alert, when Han dies, like, that's them cutting the tie right there to the old characters so that you can move on. I was, I was happy when that happened. 
I was wow, you're a dick. <laughs> Anyways, everybody else was crying, but you're in the audience like, woo, woo! Yeah! yeah, kill your dad. Hooray. I, uh, I mean, I knew he was going to. I knew he was going to, too, and I knew yeah. Harrison wanted out, Yeah. Um, which he got out of. <laughs> and I guess they're having to rewrite the whole third movie now because of Carrie Fisher's passing, which is very sad because she was going to play a big role. They also said, though, they will not CGI her. I, uh, I actually got to meet her up in Edmonton Expo. I was a guest up there in Canada here probably about four or five months ago, and I met her right before. And it so as soon as it happened, it killed me. That's awesome that you got to – was she as cool as she seems? Oh yeah, she was sitting in the back just hanging out with her dog. It, it was it was cool. It's nice. Her dog Gary, right? I, I think that was his name. I Pretty I didn't really sure pay attention. Gary. I was just like, oh hey, how's it going? You know, I like your stuff. <laughs> I know she's known, of course, for being Princess Leia, but she is one of Hollywood's most famous script doctors and doesn't get credit. But they would send Carrie Fisher scripts and she would punch them up and send them back. And I mean, they would pay her, but she wouldn't want her name on it. Oh, She's a cool. very talented writer and a very talented uh, comedian. In fact, uh, no one I ever talked to has seen Postcards from the Edge, but that movie is kind of based on her her life and her struggle with depression. Okay. Fascinating if you haven't seen it. But she, I, I mean, Princess Leia is going to overshadow anything else, of course, you're going to do. Yeah. But she was a very, very funny lady. No, she and, was really down to And earth. a big loss to, uh, to the community. Well, and the fact, uh, you know, she wasn't able to do DCC last year. Yeah. Because she was filming part eight. I didn't think that was going to be the last, my last chance to see her at a con. It's super unfortunate. You know. We so, all miss her. It is, it is quite unfortunate and very sad. But on to some new, kind of interesting news that I just found out right now. They are making a Lion King remake. Yes, I actually saw that, and I like who they cast. And they cast Donald Glover as Simba and James Earl Jones as Mufasa. You have to have James as Mufasa. You can't. Yeah. That's my fiance's favorite Disney movie right there. Lion King? Yeah, yeah. That's going to be interesting. (laughs) It is going to be interesting. I give Donald Glover all the work that he wants to oh, do. Oh, yeah. Seriously. No, he's a great man. Another yeah. another person whose comedic talents are often not spoke of. Uh, everyone knows him as Childish Gambino, um, you know, and he's doing the show Atlanta now, which is which is wonderful. He's a very funny guy on Community, uh, on community though. Community, yeah, no, yeah. I know. I loved him on Community. Like, Same. they were hilarious. I just recently watched um, The Martian, and he was phenomenal He plays the scientist? Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. If you haven't seen it, it's it's worth watching just for Glover. It's a good it movie is. anyway. Okay. It is, yeah. Nice. I yeah, know, but I'm excited because I can see him actually playing Simba pretty well. Like, that's even singing voice. If they do sing during the movie, I mean, did you see uh, the Jungle Book remake, the live-action one? I did not. Uh, it was actually pretty good. Like, honestly, I think they did well with it. And if they end up doing something like that as an adaptation for The Lion King, I, I think it would go over well. I'm looking forward to seeing it. When, do they have a date or, or no? I don't know if they do yet. It's probably um, back in 2018 if they're just casting voice actors yeah. at least. Yeah. Oh, so it's it's going to be, so he's going to, I guess it is going to be animated. Oh, no, it says live action. It does say live action. Boom. Which seems really weird to me. Yeah, how are they going to do that? How are they going to make Donald Glover a lion? Uh, <laughs> when they say live action, they, of course, mean CG and Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, unless they're going to put, uh, like, mocap on his body and have him walk <laughs> around on the ground. I guess anything's in the realm of possibility now, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think you're right. They're going to do something like The Jungle Book, 
just you know obviously no human characters but it'll be that realistic style i mean i mean put put don glover in a loincloth out there and i'm okay with this i'm okay with that too (laughs) nothing wrong with that any final thoughts from either one of you before we wrap today? Anything else you want to plug, man? And, and trust me, this will all, anything you give us will go up. We, we support everyone that has been on the show, even after they've been on the show. So we really appreciate you stopping by and talking to us. I mean, I got nothing else. We talked about a lot of cool stuff here, and I I'm just thank you guys for having me. No, thank you for coming on, seriously. I do have at least one more thing. Okay, yeah. you, can, you can finish out then, Tyler. Well, I just want to know, because you brought it up, I absolutely love... Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. So if I want some Keyblades, because I really do, what are those going to run me? Uh, so it depends on the actual Keyblade. I actually have a friend of mine, uh, Nipa Dubs and his fiance uh, Amitiu Fu, they create Keyblades all the time, and they do one-off commissions like that. If it's going to be a one-off commission for me, it's probably going to run quite a bit, just because I'd like to actually mold it as well. Uh, so depending on the Keyblade, let's say if we did like Car- uh, Terra's Keyblade, because I, I actually have that one at home, because I already have it made, I'd only need molding materials, uh, seven or 800 just so that I can get it done and make a mold of it. Uh, if I were to have to make something from scratch and make it something crazy like the, uh, the Oath Keeper or, or like or Oblivion. Oblivion. I want both of those. Yeah, uh, because I'd have to make them from scratch and then create a mold, it would probably run 12, 1300, but it would be top quality, movie quality. Okay, that's understandable. I might have to consider an investment at some point. I mean, totally down, man. I, it's a good way to plug your business as well as mine as well. That's one thing that I do. So, Thank you so much for stopping by and talking to us today. We really appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah, no problem, man. 